episode seven of the Dad Bod Rap Pod. We've made it, guys. I thought this would peter out at about five. We're all the <laughs> way at seven. Uh, for those of you just getting hip to our wave, uh, this is a show where men of a certain age talk about the great existential quandaries of our day, who's dope, who's whack, who's the all-time greatest nasal rapper. Um, see, I see Nate, Nate had a response to that off top. <laughs> We're getting into that? Yeah, we'll, we'll, circle, we'll circle back. We'll circle back. Uh, to my left, we have the avid collector, rejector, inspector, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? What's up, everybody? Um, happy to have you guys here. Happy to be here. Getting a lot of good records lately. Yes. Just keeping the flow going. Okay. Per usual. Per, per the usual. Okay. All right. All right. And to my right, we have a uh, hip hop journalist extraordinaire, the rap game Harvey Keitel, Mr. David Ma. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. I'm glad you said Keitel and not Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know where it was going. He didn't know where it was going. I actually did not think of, of Harvey Weinstein and that. I was thinking about Harvey Keitel, uh, the bad lieutenant. It's a great, uh, gritty piece of 90s-ness. We'll talk about the 90s a little bit later in this episode. But right now, um, I guess also speaking of scumbags, I think Harvey Keitel was <laughs> was a, one of the better uh, method scumbags. Certainly actors. portraying them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that night that he's one. <laughs> Don't run up on me. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, something that happened last year. We did our kind of year-end recap um, a couple episodes back, if you want to check those out. But... Last year, there was a disturbing, I'm saying disturbing trend um, that came to be, uh, and I call it the, the rise of the scumbag. Like, <laughs> I know the entertainment and kind of Hollywood world is doing its own kind of scumbag cleanse, but it seems like rap is just incubating these cats whose, you know, wild transgression kind of like, ah, should I even be listening to your music? Um, Nate. You are a, a pillar of morality, as, <laughs> <laughs> as your Ghetto Boys records point out. <laughs> um, first of all, what is, what is that, that line, man, where, like, what do you have to do in order for us to be like, we shouldn't be listening to this shit? Your, right. your personal transgressions are so wild. Is sure. there, where is that line? Nate? Sure. Um, so generally speaking, I'm pretty able to separate art from artist. Um, I'm sitting in my living room right now looking at my framed picture of Woody Allen that I keep on display Ooh. here. It's kind of coming to its end right. um, as the tide rises against uh, Woodrow. But um, with hip hop, it's always been kind of a wider berth. The line is thicker, if you will. Mm. Um, hip hop figures acting poorly and getting arrested is no, we're, it's not new. It's just kind of entering a new era with the, the amount of information that we have about it. Right. And these artists are starting out their careers with these transgressions. <sighs> right. Your Kodak Blacks, your Six Nines, your, um, I can't remember some Extension of these other dudes. Extension <laughs> Triple X Tentation yeah. um, are accused of some pretty vile things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's yeah. easy enough for me to ignore because I don't tend to like their music that much. So that's right. easy enough. But I listened to Dr. Dre all through the D Barnes yeah. time. And the yeah. fact that he kind of finally addressed that in the Defiant Ones and let her have her say, I guess, helps a little. It's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. a very little way late. But... Um, 
you know, uh, plenty of my favorite rappers have been on trial and it never stopped me from listening to them. The mm. art itself yeah. is so rife with descriptions of vile acts that it's just, I don't know, it's a thick line. You have to do a lot. You have to you, transgress you, right. pretty far for me to stop listening to you, you. You have to do, like, a lot in terms of where I can see maybe the line is or maybe where we try to draw it is, like, you know, you're doing something in violation of a woman or a child. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're kind of, yeah, totally. you know, you're yeah. kind of out of the frame. Right. I'd like way. to say that's true, but the the... Dre example I just used didn't yeah. work for that for me. And now are we going to all stop listening to every Russell Simmons a- approved Produce. projects? Right. Oh, you know, it's right. like that's I didn't know the creep half the catalog, the creep uh, band extended to, Russell, to management. Russell is uh, damn in hot water right now. No, no, no. So no, no, I don't no. I don't know. I don't know where that line is. It's something we're kind of all dealing with at the same time. Right. So so, Dave, you know, like I was saying before, the in. Hollywood is having this this moment where where women are calling out this legacy of like straight creep behavior, which is all horribly bad. And and I salute women and anybody else calling that that shit out. <laughs> but like, it's totally kind of missed hip hop. Is that coming? Right. Or is that a couple couple years down the line? Like, well, uh, this to me sort of expands beyond rap, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's the Annie Hall quandary. Um, I mean, when you, you know, the, the John Lennons of the world, I've yeah. heard any song yeah. he wrote to Yoko is the most beautiful love song ever, but dude was a wife beater, right? I mean, Kind of Blue is a marvel of a record, but Miles Davis was kind of a piece of shit human. With this, I mean, these younger cats, they, they work their um, steez to their advantage, though, right? When Kevin Gates, whose music and whole persona sucks gets out of prison and stabs some dude 13 times in front of a movie theater Yikes. it legitimizes himself to his listeners now right 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 so to us right. i mean what if we found out for example nas was in fact a rich private school kid from the upper east side does that make illmatic a complete farce or is it an incredible well execution of fiction well yeah i mean it would take something it would take something <laughs> away from it but i i i look at the situation with what happened with uh, Africa Bambata oh, and man. how and how that's probably the best example here. Hip hop was I was proud in that moment that hip hop was like, oh no, right, yeah, like, right. nah, man, like, right. we're not even going to entertain right. this, right. You're there was also a silence too, though a loud silence regarding that. Well, I mean, and a silence for years. Now I'll tell you, yeah. you know, personally. I heard those rumors, you know, once 15 years ago and once 10 Same. years ago and everything I've told, I was like, ah, okay. You know, people, people say things, but, um, there was a lot of enabling of that, mm-hmm. of what he was doing going on. I'm almost certain, mm-hmm. but you know, to what degree are, are we the enablers like right. when, right. when a, a genre can say, well, you know, and Nate was completely right. Oh, the line is thick, you know, right. around these parts, beating a woman isn't necessarily a bad thing i'm just part of me is like okay it's 2018 bro right yeah uh, right. let's say this about bam it's easy enough to avoid planet rock at this point he his status as a cultural figure far transcends his influence as a musician as a musician so Agreed. you know right. I'm, I'm not listening to a ton of soul sonic force these days or you any know? day really yeah it really yeah. yeah there yeah. was a time where i wanted to know everything about everything mm-hmm. and i'm exploring it way more deeply but um again you know how do you where do you draw the line? No one's going to book him for a gig at this point. But like around the time those allegations were surfacing, uh, Cut Chemist and Shadow had just done that tour right, where they were right. playing his records from the archive at Cornell University. Mm-hmm, like, where does happened. that leave Cornell? Where does totally. that leave Shadow and Cut? Like, I bet you they were glad 
it was after and not during. Mm-hmm. Well, look at Gaslamp Killer. Right. Like what right. you know, as as people outside of the situation, you don't know. And with Bambada, we don't know. No, that wasn't proven in a court of law. There's right. just mm-hmm. there's some, there's there's a credibility to the victims of these crimes, and also an awareness. Like yeah, yeah. You know, hip hop has a you know we we tolerate a a, a, a wide lot. array. Yeah. Of, uh, I think it's interesting with the gas lamp killer example. One, I thought it was really funny that he started his statement by saying, my name is William, because the first thing time you yeah. hear the gas lamp killer rape yeah. someone is be like, yeah. oh, is it Wednesday? Like, yeah. that's the kind of the problem with these monikers at a time. Yeah, right. You know right. what I mean? It's like, that's how you present yourself to the world. And then you're going to get, you know, mm-hmm. no, no one's going to believe you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought it was interesting how fast low end theory and other entities disassociated with him and I don't know where any of that stands there's no follow-up articles on any of this stuff you hear the allegation I did read his statement because I'm a fan of his music and I know people who know him so I wanted to give him a fair airing in my personal kind of jury but I I have no idea where that ended up I don't know if he did it or not I don't know if he's getting charged I don't know if any of it matters I don't see his name on any lineups but uh, where does where does he stand you become a little toxic um and I think if you're not on a certain level, because if we think about this, you know, there's a Gaslamp Killers of the World. There's um, there's an artist like Bam, who you mentioned his his music isn't necessarily the cornerstone of the culture. But, you know, extending a little out further, what's been said about Bam has been said about Michael Jackson. Right. I don't yeah. I don't see anybody pushing for. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's always that if you kind of suck or you're a marginal artist, um, I think your your leash for that type of stuff, you know, you talked about Miles and, you know, Jimi Hendrix was not a nice person either. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, man, their body of work is so impressive. I'm not going to not. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing to reconcile, though. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. as a fan, as a proponent of their art. It's uh, just this is slightly off topic, but people listened to Charles Manson's music in that slightly ironic, like yes, I associated mm-hmm. with like grunge culture, like mm-hmm. Charlie mm-hmm. don't surf kind of sure, sure. Kurt Cobain era stuff. I never thought his yeah. music was all that compelling, but when he died, the Facebook feed is flooded with like his songs and stuff. Right, and I'm right. like, is that what we're going to go to right I, now? I think that's, that's just, always like lately yeah. offended me, but I don't like his music. Totally. But it, that feels like a curiosity towards the human, you know right. what I mean? The serial there, killer did this serial killers and I, yeah. uh, he did some paintings and you want to see him, right? right? I mean, it's a morbid curiosity type like thing. Like George yeah. Bush's paintings, right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a war criminal's paintings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Donald Trump's Twitter. I mean, basically. <laughs> but I mean, it's hard to reconcile the line between sort of sort of real and fake you know i mean um this would probably be the first and last time i quote 21 savage but sure uh, he said that like the the older generation made drug u- made drug user music and that these kids um make i'm sorry the younger generation makes drug user music the older generation make drug, drug selling music, yes. music yeah. that's, that and that's a, a valid point and so how do you re- sort of reconcile that right like, you hate these kids for kind of what they're saying and doing now but you know what about the Jay Z's? I mean, if we have to then? take drug dealing as this huge offense, you literally can't listen to hardly anything. Totally, like you totally. got some nerd but then, rap but then it, that you can then listen it to. And who knows those guys? They probably broke up an eighth before totally. and sold the you know the, yeah. the component but, parts. But like, the, the line between misogyny and sort of fucking aggressive sexual yeah, actions well, is well, thin. I think I think the day of reckoning is coming. Uh, you know, I think hip hop really owes reparations to women. 
there'll be some, and maybe it's not today and maybe it's That's not a great for, way five, of putting it. for five years or whenever, but there's going to be a day of reckoning when we have to go, you know, some of the stuff we listen to and called entertainment is just wild misogyny mm-hmm. and you know I'll, I'll give this example when i was on the bus in seventh grade some someone much more charming than i was convinced the bus driver to play a cassette that they had and it was ain't no fun yeah by mm, yeah. the dog pound and Snoop. most misogynist song it's, the, it's the it, it's a Ever. vile song yeah. that i love um <laughs> i i know every single word inflection yeah. ad lib i think it's a, it, i actually think it's a great song it's yeah. it has vile content but it's right. a fantastic song and they the whole bus full of teenage boys essentially sang it to this girl named Emma on the bus right. and probably mm. really traumatized her. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I like to say I wasn't a part of it, but I was there. I was complicit. I like that song. Right, it's never right. stopped me from listening to that song. But every time I hear it, I think of that essential assault right. and that I, happened yeah. on this girl. Yeah. And I just sat there and let it happen. And, so. and, and to that point, I mean, you know, we, we all love too short, but you know, his yeah. entire career wouldn't happen. Right. Though. I mean, it's rhyming dick with bitch, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah. I mean, I love too short, right. especially the early stuff that right. the dirtier, the better. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, so, it's, it's definitely a fine line. How um, do you reconcile that? Yeah, it, but it didn't make me go out and be a piece of shit. Totally. It's totally. like, you know, uh, it's the atmosphere line. Uh, hip hop made me want to be a crook and hip hop made me want to read a book. book. Yeah. I always aired on the read a book side cause I'm a nerd, <laughs> right? It's a spectrum. Yeah. It's, def- it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely a spectrum um well i guess i would hope in summation um i would hope that uh in 2018 maybe we can we can you know uh, maybe raise the bar a little bit in terms of of what will will tolerate uh from from this genre i'm being aspirational right but uh but you know at some point i think you know too much is too much and you have to uh, you have to respect humanity in 2018. Sure, we can't we can't play no more games. Sure. Like it's, I hear you, man. But like you know, clean weird. sort of squeaky clean Christian rap exists. I mean, are we bumping that because they right. reach some sort of moral high ground? Right. Um, I hear Lecrae and is we, great. Like that chance record. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's the one. It's about as close as I right. get. But right. yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and and that's the thing. It's Do we like, want a clean Ghetto Boys album? You know. No, <laughs> I'll answer for the group. No, we do not. Right, right. So, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a hard juxtaposition. some of you were thought about i'm sure uh this was a time when the president get this the president was about to get impeached because he got a bj from an intern and lied about it and he was for real about to get impeached this is this is 1998 he did get impeached he didn't leave office he got you did get impeached yeah impeachment is not like getting kicked out Oh, we they think brought of, up impeachment. We think Got of you. that because of Nixon. Right. Got you. But we don't have to get into all that. He was impeached. Right. Okay. Bill Clinton was impeached. Yeah. For getting a BJ um, and then lying about it. That was 1998. CDs were hot. Their tapes were still out. The internet was around, but like not. 
AOL. Not for real. Like it took like porn like two minutes to download one tiny picture. Uh, the, yeah, and it's just me. So it's, you've heard. It's just me. Yeah, exactly. In the world of hip hop, the rap game was kind of reeling, losing Tupac in '96, mm. losing Big in '97, and there's kind of this. There's a void for the king of New York. Jay is maniacally plotting and planning out. He probably had the plan in like 94, but he's like methodically planning out how he's going to kind of ascend to the to the throne for king of New York. Um, rap on its surface, very shiny, very, very jiggly, shiny. very mm-hmm. jiggy um, in 98. Um, but then, you know, on the underground, there were also some interesting things happening. So my question for you, Mr. Nate LeBlanc, is 1998. Where were you? What were you doing? What were you listening to? So I'm a junior in high school. I am really getting 12 steps deeper into my like devotion to hip hop. Mm-hmm. My kind of, uh, I was listening to a lot of Beastie Boys um, and a lot of like backpack rap, like any kind of new raucous thing, like Lyricist Lounge was really important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just gotten a job and therefore my own car and I was like a big stoner. So I would like get stoned, listen to hip hop pretty much constantly. I was also listening to like Beck and other things that were popular at the time. Um, but I was like really into my friends, really into going to shows. My girlfriend at the time went to UC Santa Cruz. So I would go to shows at Palookaville and the catalyst. I would go to maritime hall all the time. Um, I was like, I was, I was a really kind of like dorky, like hip hop, hippie hip hop head. And I was really into underground rap to the point where I didn't, I, I thought everything on the radio was stupid. I hated Puff Daddy for what he was doing to Biggie's legacy. I just, right. I didn't like right. anything because I was so maniacally right. focused on finding like the deepest, like now what they call like super scientifical, like lyricism, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, right. a fifth generation log cabin cassette was totally. better to me than a beautiful, right. Uh, you know, kind of composed beat that was on the radio. Right. So right. That, that was who I was. Man, taking me back there. <laughs> Dave, where were you at? What were you doing? What were you listening to? 1998. 1998 was I was a senior in high school and uh, my hairline was glorious. <laughs> 98, I was, um, I was sort of like Nate, like very entrenched in my backpack. So, I mean, at that time... Um, Besides maybe like Hyro's Third Eye Vision or the Lyricist Lounge or AC Alone's Book of Human Language, I was yeah, not checking yeah. for the Devin the Dude album right. or, you know, know or even was. Gangstar's yeah. Moment of Truth, which and these days have aged to be maybe my favorite Gangstar album, but not really? in 98. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. So, um, yeah, I very much closed-minded at that time, quite frankly, and unknowing. Right. What about you? Yeah. Um, all right, just to completely date myself, 1998, I am uh, four years removed from high school. I uh, had successfully dropped out of San Jose State, um, was working at, at Streetlight Records, as a matter of fact. Um, and yeah, really in this kind of like, um, you know, I don't know, kind of like a lost weekend with hip hop. Like I just, it, it kind of had petered out. For me, in a lot of ways, you know, uh, Equimini that year was giving me life for mm-hmm. sure. Mm. Um, right. Probably know. the best album looking back. Oh, yeah. Of, of that year? Yeah. Of that year. I mean, uh, you know. There's some other big ones of that quality, year, though. Quality. Yeah, Black Star is the same year. Black Star was, was pretty huge. But yeah, it was like Equimini had that, that 
you know, flash of creativity, which I felt hip hop was just kind of struggling. It was kind of like post, you know, uh, post Biggie and Pac dying and people really this high speed cannibalism of of the get rich quick style mm-hmm. really kind of dispirited me. And Interesting. Like, so you were already jaded. I was already jaded. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely. But you know, yeah. as as a as an underground MC coming up in in you know ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, yeah, so much promise. It just felt like interesting. You know, and where was, were you with your career at that point? Like, were you rapping? Were you doing yeah, shows? Yeah. Were you like putting out projects? I mean, not not putting out projects too tough. I mean, okay. it was it was really an era of. Uh, it was still hard to record. Back it was then. still hard to record. Right. You still had to like go to the studio. Yeah. Um, and record and you know it, it wasn't it wasn't as easy to make music but at the same time it was just kind of just like blah like what do you do are you doing the the kind of jiggy shiny get rich quick thing mm-hmm. um or are you complaining about it because that was the only two those were the only two options those were the right? only two right. options yeah. and neither was that exciting so like like you you're did. either company flow or mace totally and there was no and there was no in between yeah. right so as an underground rapper then which other which other like sort of indie mcs were you checking for um this is the year that uh that rasco came out i remember really liking his his first record mm. um you know, this was when turntablism was really was really right. popping. Mix Master Mike. I was um, really into that. An- Anti theft device came out, right. and so that kind of steered me a little bit more towards like you know production and beats and right, kind of right. new new sounds. But no, I was struggling. I was still like a year out from really discovering um, Jay Dilla and kind of all that stuff. Right. I was really just kind of on the outs yeah. and, and kind of mad. Mad at the game, but also mad at my backpack too. Right? Just like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like ah. I couldn't have been more excited back then. I'm sure I annoyed so many people. Right. Like the right. the best thing that could have happened to me, and it happened a lot, was buying a CD from the Grouch. <laughs> like I was so excited here, here. about yeah stuff like that. I was like I had this like epiphany that like someone doesn't have to be famous for them to be able to rap well. And it's very much like that living legends kind of sure. ethos of mm-hmm. unsigned and hella broke. It's like, sure. I know my $10 is really going right, to like right. feed this dude. Right. And mm-hmm. like, I really like their music. Uh, it's amazing how little of that has lasted. I like about a hundredth of what I liked then now, or I could still listen that, to that aged. That yeah. aged well. Yeah. yeah. And then part of it is sonic quality, which I've never really cared about, but it's just tough to listen to some. It's four track recordings, man. It yeah. just doesn't sound good yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, and part of it is just like, it's also so up its own hole. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's rapping about rapping to rappers. And like, that just gets <laughs> kind of old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, um, a gr- that's a great way. I think, I think that's kind of where I was at. Mm-hmm. I was just like, ah, you know, we're not that interesting. Yeah. As, but being, but being like a, a young idealistic music listener, it's like, oh, this this tape. I'm giving him my ten dollars for this tape. Yeah, you know that, just, that ethos was so directly. was so amazing. Um, their whole movement, Mystic Journeyman, and and oh, yeah. everything that they did was so amazing in terms of being uh, pre-internet. You know what I mean? On they, that tip, I've been telling this anecdote a lot lately in our little chat threads but um this is how little i knew like i'm on telegraph and i see this big dude walking down the street in a dilated people shirt and i'm like hey man that's a dope shirt where'd you get it and he's like i'm raka irie science <laughs> i had no idea what he looked like uh, how am i gonna find that out you know i'm not on a mailing list all they had out was uh work the angles 12 inch on abb yeah. records totally. yeah. i don't live in berkeley i don't know this dude totally. i just it was i think about that all the time I'm like oh, i'm so dumb but yeah. i'm excited about it you know what i mean yeah going uh-huh. to telegraph was an event 
Yeah. Man, no, first, time I, first time I saw Dan the Automator, I'm like, is that my uncle? You know what I mean? I mean literally. <laughs> and it turned out to be Dan the Automator. Um, other releases that year, Bobby Digital. Ugh. I hated that at the that, time. I actually think terrible. it's pretty interesting now. Yes, agreed. agreed. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Should I go back? Yeah, a little more a, dense, a little. back in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Busy Bone Solo Venture. Just kidding. Yeah, which um, I know you were super hyped about. <laughs> DJ Quick Rhythmalism. Kind of DJ Quick's last. I like that now. I did not like that then. Mm. Yeah. 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 I had put away all the LA stuff except for Project Bloat and kind of like even deeper than that, like shapeshifters and stuff was really interesting to me at that time. Like DJ Quick was not on my radar, but now I listen to it way more than I would listen to a shapeshifters record. Black Eyed Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas was came. It, was it Black Eyed Peas or was it still Hotbot Clan or whatever? I they think were it was called? their first it's Black Eyed Peas. No, Black, Black, Black Eyed Peas record. I opened first for one. I opened for At Band Clan. Yeah, nice, nice. Which is a claim to fame. This is the only way I can impress my children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, Black Eyed Peas. I remember before that before they uh, were Black Eyed Peas. Right. What is right, it? The yeah. joint, the jam. Like joint that, jam that was, was a big song. Yeah, like yeah, people liked them. It was years before they were considered to be the problem. Yeah, yeah. They were really well accepted. Like, are you guys doing like? Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, are you doing Tribe? But it was this right. interesting blend totally. of both. Totally. Yeah. But I was still, I, I regarded it. Yeah. With, with, they were didn't skepticism. really go bad with them until Fergie, but you they know, were shooting they, they were, for halftime shows. Yeah. Though, you know what I mean? Totally. So, all right. All right. Uh, they remind me of like the mission who became Crown City Rockers. Yeah. It's like the t- the tale of two bands, I right? They even that, have similar right. like And then, and then they're alphabet rock now, right? Isn't that? Is that a thing now? I kind of yeah. stopped paying attention. <laughs> You got to get hip to Alphabet Rock. <laughs> all right. The, kid, the kids are all on it. Okay. Cannabis versus LL. That was a big thing. 1998. So I oh, have an anecdote man. about that. I went to a Wyclef show at uh, Maritime Damn, Hall. son. With this car full of girls. It was a great night for me. Um, <laughs> I was the only one who could drive, and I was the one who knew about the cool music and whatnot. <laughs> so we get to the show. It, there's something off about the energy. Wyclef, not a great live performer as really? we, we now know okay uh, but i was super into the carnival at the time that's kind of embarrassing but i really right. like that that record the deep cuts of that record anyway everything stops at the show it goes quiet for like 15 minutes we're all standing there looking at each other like do we smoke like what are we doing right, here right, right, right. cameras come out on the side and then cannabis comes out and like films a segment for mtv for like the battle wow. thing that he was doing with ll at the like time an interview he, it, it, like him rhyming but it okay. was specific for that like uh, the next step in the saga Got and you, you saw how Got like you. staged it all was mm. so even though cannabis was like thought of as this kind of like dangerously talented MC it just like again I'm sitting there with my backpack on quite literally going like nah this is phony yeah, you know yeah. he, he's a better rapper than Wyclef so I'm kind of enjoying this from a technical level but like eh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And then the, the band comes back out and the show goes back on. It was bizarre. <laughs> I can see huh. that, though. I mean, Wyclef huh. was hot. I mean, remember his yeah. tracks, his cuts from the uh, Soul Assassins? I yeah. mean, he, he was on fire. Totally. And, and he played the acoustic guitar, yeah. like, as did Which I thought a, I did. I think my guitar is still over there collecting <laughs> dust. That was but, a charming element then. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was. It was kind of new at yeah. the time. Yeah. But, I mean, to your point, when we're when we're looking back at 1998's records and, like, what has lasted and what, what yeah. hasn't. You know, yeah. one thing that, like, stuck out to me, which I thought was super interesting, was DJ Premier. Um, that year, 98, was um, Moment of Truth. Mm-hmm. And what, mm-hmm. like, a couple weeks ago was his track with ASAP Ferg? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that still, still, still out here. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, he's lasted. And, uh, and yeah. I mean, it further yeah. cements his sound. It's both classic and 
it's morphed into a staple. Right. And you know? it's so very durable, man. So just, durable. Yeah, just very, very durable. I think a, a, another kind of enduring thing that came out of like that that 98 era or years is, you know, the aforementioned outcast. It's kind of like sure. they took a another step towards being weird. They got mm-hmm. weirder. They got they got right, discernibly yeah. weirder. Right, yeah. AT right. Aliens was like, oh, that's just a little yeah, weird. Yeah. Equimini, they get yeah. for real it's weird. It's kind of what we now think of as outcast emerged it, on the scene. Right, exactly. Right, they got right. old. They, people forget how young they were when they yeah. came out. They yeah. kind of became adults and like really got wild yeah. with it, it which it's it, a great record. It's an amazing record. They were seniors in high school when Southern Playlista came out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I, I yeah. talked to Big Boy and he was like, yeah, we were bumping this as seniors in high school. Yeah. Crazy. Just, just nuts, right? Ridiculous. Yeah. But they, they got to this level with Equimini uh, where they weren't kind of bound by the uh, the typical constraints of a rap record mm-hmm. and, and were so unapologetic about it. I remember right. when, uh, well, I guess maybe this is 95 when they won a Source Award. Um, and they put this on. They put this on the Equimini album, um, on the Chunky Fire song. But they got, you know, they got booed. The South was still kind of right. like, ah, this is booty music, right. or the the New York was kind of still hating on the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that for me didn't come full circle. It took Cats a full maybe ten years. Yeah. To even start, and you got kind of got like the B.O.B. type of guys and guys dressing flamboyantly, right, and, right. Yeah. and all this stuff. Like, so to me, that that was kind of like the 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 shining moment in a kind of sea of there's a lot of swill man 90, yeah. 1988 we're we're yeah. fully in a no limit you know what's moment. funny too is like now when i listen to the throwback hip hop station and a puff daddy song comes on and especially mace mm-hmm. i can appreciate it yeah. at mm-hmm. the time i hated yeah. it so much but mace is in the pocket yeah. mace mace is <laughs> yeah. almost has like the fife dog thing where it's right. really yeah. rhythmic he's right. hitting right. on the right. beat with right. the rhyme yeah. every yeah. time it's yeah. impressive and it's sort of this nonchalant flow exactly which it's was, like, was but it brand hits. new yes. which when he was doing it everybody was kind of twisting their throat and trying to be grimy exactly. and, and mm-hmm. doing all this kind of stuff um, and not only was was Mace in the pocket and kind of that new urban radio kind of sound, Safe. he was he was cementing that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Puffy's records were all really mixed very yeah. well. They're beautiful. Right. They're it's mixed, right. They're really mixed well. so well. You can totally. play them in the club now. You can't play the Tupac records. Right. Like the Death Row kind of yeah. just shit it out. It's murky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mixes. Yeah, I kind of like the murkiness. <laughs> it's you know it was very close to no limit in yeah. terms of yeah. of. Just we're just cranking yeah. out product. I'm glad you brought that up because when you look at what dominated 1998, it's really no limit. Right. Silk the Shocker, Master right. P. Um, I hated that stuff at the time, and I I don't know the entry point to go back and like reexamine because every song is a double album or no, every album's yeah, a double a, album. Right. The art, the pin and pixel kind of cover has become kind right. of the iconic. iconic That's iconic thing. for like sure. Those T-shirts sell for two hundred dollars mm-hmm. in New York and LA vintage shops, but mm-hmm. is anybody listening to no, like Silk Shock or Murder right now? Their like, music is ages as well as Anticon. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, unlistenable to me. Yeah, I mean, definite props to his business acumen, no yeah, doubt. Totally, yeah, no it's, doubt. It's yeah. the next year because I graduated in '99, but No Limit totally ruined my prom. <laughs> it's just like that was it, like every song except for like Make Me Say Uh, which is kind of an anthem, right? It's right. like that what people can throw their hands up for and like you know shaking their rented tucks but it's like i was just like i do not want to hear this right now i just i hated that music it was it was really bad it was music for people who don't like music which was which he which master p is an innovator in that brand right of like this is this is so uh lifestyle based yeah that how it sounds is kind of irrelevant right we're you know we're slanging you this this product 
and his compilations and like everything his whole approach was so wild and mm-hmm. and savage and working so well and i hated all of i know yeah. yeah i feel like I'm he set same. himself up to sort of like for his product to be fetishized a little bit yeah. okay. you know like yeah. oh this yeah. is so dumb and stupid ha ha, ha. yeah i think people were you definitely know? listening to it ironically totally. and that was kind of a totally new, before we just liked things we liked right. i i i think you're giving people a lot of credit <laughs> <laughs> i think people thought so so dash nah. shocker who who might actually be the worst rapper of all time? <laughs> like, if you really, the, I don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> Dave, my ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, that that was that was tough. Um, let's see how this goes. Uh, I personally really enjoyed this record from '98, and I, I've gotten into several lengthy arguments about it. Um, is the love movement? Oh. I, I love. You're about to get two more. This I interview's over. This podcast's uh, over. Pulling out. I've never listened to it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I hated it exactly. so yeah. much. I hated people, people hate the idea of yeah. the love movement. Yeah. You haven't heard the love movement. Right. Oh. This is JD and the Uma at their at their pinnacle oh. and you're, you're missing you're, you're I missing was out. So Ooh. upset out. by Beats Rhymes in Life, which looking back is not that is, bad. No, you're no, being no. you're being silly. Yes. I made my dad drive me back to the warehouse to take it back. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Not Damn. it's not that far of a drive. But back then you could like exchange refund it. Yes, free, I, th- right? I forget what I got, but I got something else that day. I was like, I don't want to listen to this. I had the one with the it had the hologram cover mm-hmm. and now I can't even get mm-hmm. that anymore. Anyway, I was stupid. Uh, <laughs> I've never listened to the love movement. I would like to kind of listen to it now, though I have this street going of I've never seen it. I'm like one of those people who's never seen Star Wars. And they're just like walking around going like, ah, oh, it's my favorite band in the world and I've never listened to one of their records because it offended my sensibilities at 18 years old. Like, you know, saying it out loud, it sounds dumb, but um, I should listen to it. Uh, would, would, you must be on the same page. Right? Oh, what, 100, uh, 1,000% actually. I mean, I, I, I thought it was unlistenable then and I, I went back to it maybe in my late 20s and still kind of hated it. It's an it was still album, offensive. I didn't like the beats. It, I don't like the rhymes. It's I mean <laughs> or their life. To, <laughs> or the to, cover. Had had they been a new group, yeah. which they were in a couple years and it was called Slum Village and everything was fine. Right. Like nobody nobody's going back and being like, Welcome to Detroit. That's so R and B. Right, right. I mean Tribe was a well, Tribe, Tribe had was pedigree. It. Tribe right. had rabid fans like myself who wanted right, something from right. them. And it's not fair to do that to people. And I think people, artists are much freer to experiment now, especially because you don't have to pay seventeen dollars for something yeah. mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. hear it. Yeah. Um but I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Lauren Hill a little bit. That album tended, I know that's that's kind personally of Dave's favorite <laughs> album of all time. That's yes. that, no, no, I that love time and she she was everywhere, man. It's amazing the prog- the the digression yeah. of her as a cultural figure. Totally, totally. Um, and you said something in one of our other episodes that I wanted to touch on and just kind of you to expand on, which was that um, a couple of the Lauren Hill songs are, for lack of a better term, kind of slut shaming. Yeah, like yeah, like, yeah. Her music. Talk, talk her, about that. Her music mm. was very. You know, uh, Miseducation is an incredible album. Don't get me wrong. I, I got to it late, but you know, I had to appreciate it for what it was and it was a great album but her her particular stance which she kind of doubled down on um can, through her career um has been this really self-righteous really super mm-hmm. preachy it's almost it's almost like a christian you know to that level yeah. of uh yeah. of of preachiness and kind of these moral judgments mm-hmm. with within the music um oh, I, Lauren I is a christian she is <laughs> She she certainly she certainly is, but I yeah I just yeah. I really felt like um, by that point in time, 
the fact that she had done, um, you know, the Killing Me Softly cover on the Fuji's mm-hmm. album. It was like mm-hmm. she was clearly in a pop space, but she was acting like she was too good for it. That's what I that's what I didn't appreciate. I can see that. One about, yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. About how that album came about. It's like, but, you know, yeah. I mean, whether it be like an artist or an athlete, I mean, you love seeing excellence. Yeah. And like 98 yeah. was was her pinnacle. Yeah. I mean, that, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the next year she wins all the Grammys yeah. and then she essentially disappears from public life. Totally. When those songs come on the radio, I'm always really glad. Yeah. They're yeah. refreshing to me still. And she's still in the conversation for she best is? female rapper. Yeah. Based if you on. Talk to Dave Ma. Basically, <laughs> basically <laughs> the if your score is Dave Ma. <laughs> I think her um, verses on the score are the best female rap verses the ever. The Nappy Heads remix from the first album, because nobody was killing it on their first album, and the rap songs on Miseducation, she's still disgust. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I really feel like you uh, your your GOAT credentials should encompass more than, I hear okay. you. than, than a handful. Agreed, agreed. Than, I hear than you. a handful of, of really... She was at the cutting edge for agreed. a period... And never demonstrated to us that she could still sound dope five years later. Right. That's like, we, we never found out. Yeah. Like, maybe she right. could have. Right. But we never found out. And right. so, I feel like it's kind of like the, the Robert Johnson, Biggie thing, almost, although she's still alive. Right. Is that part of Biggie's greatness is that he was so incredible for this. He bookended it perfectly. For, for this yeah. just enough time. I yeah. think if it's just ready to die, I don't know that he's in... The conversation, mm-hmm. but right. he did just enough, has just enough songs of his own where you're like, okay, yeah. you you showed a lot. You're definitely yeah. in the conversation. I think I think Lauren is almost, I hate to say it, bigger than rap. You know she what is. I mean? She like, is. I can see that. I can yeah, see that. like where it's like rap is She's something She's one of she the best do. singers of yeah, her time totally. as well. Like it's, and, she just like has this like really clear voice yeah. that like when, sounds yeah. good no matter what she was doing. She's in Sister Act too. She's like, yeah. she was, it's just, again, I'm just. And that's, I think, myself I, think I was point, just, I was hating on sister. She, she, she transcends. It down. She transcends though. You know, I mean, when yeah, people go yeah. to a Lauren Hill concert, it's not like, oh, they want to hear this song. They want to see her yes. in real life. That's yeah. Totally. Yeah. She, she also, has that kind of and maybe sure. we could kind of wrap up here. She sold a lot of records at a time where that mattered. And mm-hmm. she has enough mm-hmm. money to disappear from public life. Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's not happening and, and, now. And shouts out to her. I think she, she had a, a she had kids. Like yeah. somebody yeah. asked her that I went to a show. I, now I have to share my story and maybe we'll land on this. My saltiness. Um, <laughs> I had, I had tickets to a Lauren Hill show. This is maybe circa Oh three mm-hmm. Oh four. Something Sounds like, like that. A, this story's not going to end well. That was a dangerous <laughs> time to have Lauren Hill tickets, <laughs> man. So I got the Lauren Hill tickets um, this is, I have small children. So, you know, me and the wife had to set everything up. It's in Santa Cruz, you know, about, about 40 miles from San Jose, um, torrential downpour, not Lauren's fault. She's, she's good <laughs> with God, but I'm not blaming her on that. Uh, torrential downpour. And we couldn't go over highway 17, which is kind of the main way to go to Santa Cruz. So we had to go some wild circuitous routes, 60 miles, single lane highways and wild shit. We get there. She's two and a half hours late. Um, the babysitter time yeah, is just racking yeah. up. Just wow. we're just sitting there, like looking at the ceiling, no opening act. Yeah, she that's, comes that's... on, um, turns her back to the crowd, and proceeds to do like a sound check. Like yeah. they do the song. She's like, no, 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 start over. Blah blah blah. And uh, she wouldn't. She wouldn't turn. She wouldn't turn to until us until everything was perfect, or just at all. At all. Oh. It, ne- it never, well, here's the thing. We we watched her do that, and then she tried to do like a ska version of Do You Know the Way to San Jose? And I was like, and wrap we're it out. up. Check, please. <laughs> that's, my, that's my cue. Check, please. That's gross, dude. We're out. And that's maybe an hour in. So 
So we, wow. I left, I left that show, and you know, her, her, you know, effed up shows are kind of the stuff of of legend. Um, and they're current. She still be doing that shit. Yeah, now. I mean, that's unacceptable, man. Yeah, unless so, you're Lee Perry. Or on, on your way from Kingston, it's not acceptable. <laughs> She's just sending out imposters like Doom, <laughs> like just send out straight Lord Hill imposters. Oh, I'd rather man. hear a song than not hear a song. Dang. If it has to be an imposter, I'll take it. Like I paid to come to the show. <laughs> At least I have a story. We have karaoke, Lauren, yeah, coming totally. up in just just a moment. Oh man, can she man. play the guitar for two songs? I don't know. <laughs> Killing me hardly over. All right, 1998. Quite the, a year. The year that was, uh, we're gonna we're gonna in subsequent episodes draw down a little bit more on uh, one of the albums that was a smash in '98 and kind of dissect that. Uh, you have been listening to the Dead Bod Rap Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, what do you do on SoundCloud? Do you follow people? What do you do? You can follow. Do you, you subscribe? subscribe? I think you subscribe. Whatever, like Pledge of Allegiance, you have to take. In order to be down with the Dead Bod Rap Pod, uh, please do that. We are on Twitter at Dead Bod Rap Pod. Uh, follow us, check us out. It's actually lively. It's not like one of those stale Twitters where like it's just like listen to our show next week. Like <laughs> yeah. we actually we got there's a little voice there. There's a little voice there. Um, for Nate LeBlanc, Dave Ma, I have Demo Carter. Peace, five thousand G.